You're listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast with Mark LaCour and Jake Corley. This is the show for busy oil pros who quickly want to keep their finger on the pulse of the industry. Welcome back to another episode of the Oil & Gas This Week podcast. You're listening to episode 187. What's going on, Mark? What's going on, Jake, is we actually rank in Apple Podcasts in some funny places. This is really cool. So in Japan, we're the, we're the 182nd most popular podcast in Japan in business. In the United Arab Emirates, we're number 93, once again, in business. And in Pakistan, thank you, Pakistan, for, for getting us up here. We're number 48. So of all business podcasts in Pakistan, we're the 48th best podcast out there. So thank you. It's funny that we're rating in business, but I, I just thought I'd mention that to our audience because it's something that, that I looked at and go, oh my God, I can't believe we're ranking that high in business podcasts. But I guess I guess this is a business podcast, isn't it? Yeah, I, I would suppose so. I mean, it's it business and industry. It's, I don't know. I think we're, we're a mix between business and news because really we're just talking about what's going on in the world. The funny thing is the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast ranks extremely high in China under employment. Like, I'm not quite sure why we rank that. I can't remember what the number is, but it's like in the top 100 in all employment podcasts in China. Are you just talking about employment constantly? No, we never talk about employment. I don't know why it ranks that high. Speaking of not ranking that high, this is the part where I go, hey, if you want to support the show, leave a review like somebody did. And Jake, for the first time that I can remember ever, we don't have any new reviews. Not not one. So come on, people. You won't want this streak. Take a couple minutes. Go to your iTunes and just leave Jake and I a quick review. If you don't like some of the stuff we do or you have suggestions, just leave that in the review. But come on, we need some reviews so that your peers can help find the show. And speaking of this show, this is our typical news story show. So let's jump into it, Jake. So Mark, I was I was getting heated before we actually press record, talking about everything that's going on in our industry and how we are essentially just rolling over and letting environmentalists kind of get their way, push their agenda. Uh, you know the, the the big majors are trying to be more politically correct, even though it is factually incorrect. And so now, you know, we saw what was it? What was the climate change initiative that a lot of companies were a part of? I think that's what it was called. We we covered it a while back. Yeah, we, we covered that a while back. We talked about Baker Hughes, you know, basically backing down. You know, and now here's ExxonMobil trial in New York for climate change. And Jake, when you get into this, they're being sued under a very specific act in New York called the Martin Act. And so ExxonMobil is being sued by the state of New York for, for climate change. But what the Martin Act does, it allows officials, so basically a judicial system, to target a very wide range of court behavior that may negatively impact shareholders. Now, here's the part that drives me crazy. They don't have to prove that Exxon did it on purpose. Like, like, what type of law is this where you don't have to prove they did it on purpose, right? If if the shareholders were, were misled, whether Exxon did it on purpose or not, Exxon can still lose this case. Now, the thing I think is cool is if you want to go and sue a company, probably the last company on the planet that you would ever want to sue is ExxonMobil, just because of their legal resources are probably the best literally in the world. And so this trial hasn't went anywhere yet. They they keep trying to prove stuff and they can't. They've had a whole bunch of Exxon executives on the, the witness box and they keep getting cross-examined by this attorney. I can't remember the attorney's name. Ostrager, I believe is his name. And and they can't get anywhere. In fact, the, the New York attorney actually lost his patience <laughs> with one of ExxonMobil's employees. And if you want a chance, you need to kind of read about this article because it's actually kind of funny because the New York attorney is getting mad at the Exxon attorney and the Exxon attorney is like, cool, it's calm. He's going, nope, 
nope, we didn't do that. Nope, we didn't do that. Nope, we didn't do that. Where are you getting this information from? Because we didn't do it. And the, all the emails they've had, you know, when they did the e-discovery event, all the testifying by the XML employees, they still have not proven anything. The one thing that bothers me, though, is the way this act is written in New York is that if they can show that shareholders were misled, whether they were misled themselves or somebody else misled them, Exxon could still be found guilty of this. This is just, you know, like you were talking about earlier, you and I, you know, we don't want to pick a fight with the people that don't like our industry, but as an industry, we need to draw a line in the sand and go, we're not backing down anymore. The fact that companies are being sued for climate change, the fact that pipelines aren't being built, that wells aren't being drilled because the people that don't like our industry is, is just ludicrous. We as an industry or what makes modern life possible. And I'm right there with you, Jake. I, like I said, I don't want to pick a fight, but at some point we need to quit backing down. You know, it's ExxonMobil's own fault for giving in as much as they've given in this far. And it, it, the same goes to be said with companies like Baker Hughes and others that are trying to to kind of, I guess, kind of pander to, to the environmentalists and those who are trying to push their, I guess, their political agendas. You know, it is what it is. It's unfortunate. It's, it's crazy that this could be classified as somehow some kind of securities fraud. I don't think I've ever seen an instance where anything environmental and, and securities fraud have ever kind of been intertwined. But I suppose these lawyers can find all sorts of loopholes, huh? Yeah. And, and please know hate mail. This has nothing to do with with what we think as far as like renewables and clean energy. I'm a big supporter of renewables and clean energy. They have a place for them. It's awesome. Some of the technology innovations that's come from that part of the industry. It's part of our energy mix. But literally to have taxpayer money spent on suing you know, in this case, the largest super major out there over climate change is, is, is just insane. And like you said, Jake, they found one loophole where they could actually pull this off because anywhere else they wouldn't even be able to do this. So this is just – not only do I hope ExxonMobil wins, I hope they make uh, the state of New York spend so much money fighting them that they never do this again. <laughs> Uh, that teach them a lesson. All right, up next, Halliburton and Repsol have entered into a cloud tech agreement. So Halliburton has entered into a multi-year agreement with Repsol to make management of exploration and production data more efficient. So it's some cloud-based data management software that enables users to load, ingest, manage, and access log well and other EMP data throughout various locations in Repsol's asset portfolio. They're calling this Decision Space 365 Data Foundation. It's brought to you by the same guys who, who brought to you a lot of the other stuff from Landmark. Yeah, it's just weird that instead of Halliburton doing it itself, that they 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 sign an agreement with Repsol. I get why they did it, right? Because instead of Halliburton having to build it itself, they basically just piggyback on what Repsol is already doing. So it's quicker to be used. It's, it's less expensive. But you know, Halliburton has the resources to do this sort of stuff themselves. And honestly, they should have been looking at this years ago, like the rest of the service companies. And for all I know, maybe they have been, and this is what their final decision was. But like you and I talk about all the time, you know, our industry is changing, whether you like it or not, people. And this is one of those perfect proofs of that, where we're actually looking at, Halliburton's actually looking at the ability to use their data better than their competitors as a competitive advantage, which, which it is. And so as we keep moving forward in time in this hydrocarbon abundant world, we have to drive efficiencies and the adaptation of technology in the right place is probably the best way to drive those type of efficiencies. So it's my understanding that they're they're working towards building some kind of cloud offering, right, for data management. Not as I, I I don't get the hint from this article that they're actually leveraging data that Halliburton has internally from all the jobs that they do. I think that is a much bigger market and a more valuable market. Data management's huge, right? And that's extremely important. But historically speaking, at least over the last few decades, Halliburton and Landmarking, Landmark have not done anything substantial. So if you work with Halliburton, you work with Landmark, you want to prove me wrong, feel free to reach out. 
and let's have a discussion about it. But the big the conversation it comes down to with 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 Halliburton, with Schlumberger, with any other big OFS companies, is that they do tons and tons of work and they have tons and tons of proprietary data. Why they haven't gone the same path as an Inverus, formerly known as Drilling Info, or a well database, anybody who has any kind of public data, you know, that's extremely valuable. So now if we had some operational data from these OFS guys, imagine what these EMPs could do with it. They could literally t- build a database and offer a subscription service to this database, put some analytics on top, and call it a day. And you have a multi-billion dollar subsidiary you know, of Halliburton. And Jake, we're in, we're in the world now where they could strip out all the identifiable information from that data. So they don't have to worry about violating any non-disclosures they have with their clients. And it would be so useful. Imagine if you could query a database and what's the best way to complete a well in January in North Dakota. And, and I just made that up. But, you know, that data, you're right, is sitting there. And you're right, you could make it a subscription model and you could get some really good business impactful answers, you know, from that type of query, which would help you go in production either quicker or more efficiently or for less cost. And and you're right. All the parts are there. It's just nobody's put that type of machine together yet. So guys, if you're listening, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Halliburton, if you're listening, Jake and I will come help you build that right for a small fee. For a small fee. That's all. All right, guys. Up next, a Harbor Island crew terminal development is underway in the Texas Gulf Coast. Mark, what's going on with this? So this is really cool. This is a new project being done by the Barry Company. And what they're doing is they're building a new terminal in Harbor Island. And that's right outside of Corpus Christi. The cool thing about this is the amount of crude they're going to be able to load. So they're going to be able to load a super tanker in a day, right? That usually takes three or four days now. And they're going to have two channels. So they can load two super tankers a day with crude, which then that's going to allow the U.S. to export its crude to the rest of the world cheaper and faster, which is then good for everybody. So, it, you know, it's nice to see this project being spooled up. And then you talk about jobs. The one thing they're going to run into is there's a shortage of skilled labor in the U.S., especially in the Gulf Coast. So welders, pipe fitters, machinists, scaffolding builders, this is all the type of labor they need to actually build this thing. And there's not enough labor to go around, which drive prices up. So if you're up somewhere like in, you know, speaking of New York. If you're in New York or Detroit or something and you have a skilled labor background, welder, pipe fitter, whatever, there's a lot of jobs in the Gulf Coast and oil and gas industry building infrastructure and it's high paying jobs and the pay is only going to go up. So this is just a, a great thing that's happening. It's great for the state of Texas, great for the U.S. and really kind of great for the world that we can now provide cheaper, reliable energy to the rest of the world by being able to export our crude. Absolutely. And more along those lines, Ned's article is BP is planning to build a $25 million pilot plant to test new technology. The technology is it's shortened. It's called PET. I don't know if you want to take a stab at pronounce, pronouncing that, Mark. Polyethylene tipolate. About that. That's close. <laughs> if you say it really fast, you can't really tell. Yeah. That's what they use to make, think about plastic water bottles, right? Or, or soft drink bottles, or whatever, is that is the polyethylene terapethanate or PET. And also the cool thing about it, it's one of the easiest ones to recycle, very low energy costs. You know, they, you had this thing going on, Jake, speaking of being politically correct, where I'm seeing companies not give out plastic water bottles and they have, they give out aluminum water bottles so you can refill them. And I think it's great. I use aluminum wa- refill water bottles myself all day long, but the amount of energy it takes to make one aluminum water bottle would make would allow you to recycle about 10 years worth of plastic water bottles. So unless you keep your aluminum water bottle for 10 years, you're actually not doing anything better for the environment. A lot of people don't realize that. But the fact that they're building this new this new plant to test this new technology called 
Infonea, which will allow them to recycle the pet plastics much quicker and over and over again instead of just one time. They're dumping $25 million in the plant and they're going to hit it, start working on 2020. What they're doing is they're trying to figure out if this is commercially viable. And so if they figure out it's commercially viable, you'll see this technology spread not just through the BP world, but from from all the petrochemical plants because it's, it's a new way to actually recycle plastics that we're used day to day already. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, I mean, think about all, think about the ability. You know, if you have the ability to recycle those plastics cheaper and faster, well, now there's a cost savings involved. What would happen, Jake, if if people would turn in plastic water bottles and made you know five cents a water bottle? I mean, people would turn in to be recycled. It's just great for the planet, and in this case, probably pretty good for BP if it, if it makes economic sense. Yeah, absolutely. Next article is pretty fascinating. I think this is a, this is kind of a first. I've never heard of something like this being done anywhere, especially in oil and gas. Total is bringing together developers, data scientists for their new digital factory that they're opening in Paris in early 2020. So they're bringing together 300 developers, data scientists, and other experts to accelerate the group's digital transformation. So their goal is to leverage the capabilities of digital tools to create value for all of their businesses. Yeah. So what's kind of cool about this, you don't even know this, Jake, because actually, audience, you may not know, Jake and I almost never see each other in person. We're, we're recording this right now. We're remote and we always do it remote. So we don't actually get a lot of time to catch up on stuff. But in November, I think it's 13th, I'm going to be at the Top Coder o- Open with Oil and Gas Tech Podcast. And the reason I got involved with all that, because that's an open source community, just like what Total's trying to do here with the Digital Factory. The reason I got involved with all that is when Anadarko was still Anadarko, their technology team brought me in and, and they use Top Coder to outsource a lot of the digital stuff they were doing. So they used the open source community to actually write a lot of code and a Tesla stuff for Anadarko. Unfortunately, since they've gotten bought, my plans on interviewing them and talking about that have been put on hold, hopefully not indefinitely. But this is the same thing that, that Total is doing, is they're literally bringing a bunch of talent, that kind of community environment to actually help them do stuff and come up with new technologies to help them do everything from a less impact to the environment to being able to drill faster, cheaper, you know, better. So cool stuff that you actually do build a community around this instead of trying to do it all in-house. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great initiative and I think they're getting a lot of things done. It's always it's always cool to have people from outside the industry come in and, and offer a new perspective on some of the some of the challenges that we've experienced for for quite some time. Yeah. The other thing I think is cool about this is Total's already partnered with Google on AI and then Tata, which I believe is, is out of India. And so, you know, so Total is definitely reaching out to the global experts on different things and building this this community of, of people to help them achieve their goals. Uh, this is really cool. The other thing I think is really cool is at, like all the super majors, Total has a big investment and their hearts are really into it as far as HS&E. And they've been using uh, last year, so they've been doing a lot of big data stuff to help improve their HS&E metrics, which just you know makes it safer for their people. So just you know, hats off Total for thinking outside the box. Absolutely. Up next, the U.S. chemical production rises. This is interesting. And you throw this article in there today. I don't necessarily think too much. We think about, you know, Oil production rising, gas production rising, water production rising. We don't really think too much about chemical production rising. Yeah, and petrochemicals. I've been saying this forever. You will see it in my my predictions for twenty twenty. Petrochemicals are booming, not just here in the U.S. but everywhere. And like I talked about early, because our politicians haven't noticed it, they haven't stuck their finger into it. They they haven't messed it up. And so we've pulled so far ahead of the rest of the world because we have very cheap feedstock. We have deep water ports on all of the coast. Our politicians haven't stuck their finger in it. And it's and it's just really cool stuff. And I mean, literally everything is chemicals. And most of the chemicals that we use to make modern life possible come from hydrocarbons. And so, you know, 
the fact that U.S. production rises is awesome, but it's rising because it's starting to export that sort of stuff. So instead of thinking of, you know, if you're an operator and you're thinking about, well, we need more pipeline capacity from Midland to the Gulf Coast and so export my crude, I challenge you to think about it differently in that, hey, can I get it to a chemical, a petrochemical plant and then export the final goods? Because that's a higher margin item because now you've done something that's hydrocarbons you made it useful to turn it to a chemical a petrochemical and i'm not saying if you're an upstream operator you should go try to start a petrochemical plant but you know that's like you said jake it's one of the things that a lot of people don't think of is is our ability to turn hydrocarbons into anything we want is done by our petrochemical division and it's used for everything literally your lipstick the adhesive that holds half your car together you know the needles and syringe that the vet uses to make sure your dog has vaccinations all that comes from petrochemicals you're absolutely right you know it's it's we've, we've talked about it a million times you know my, my focus is mostly on the upstream side and so it's very easy to kind of i guess turn a lot on to everything that's happening in midstream and downstream so good for those guys yeah one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is when the cost of crude and natural gas is low, like we just came out of that market, the petrochemical part of our industry booms because that's their raw feedstock. So if all of a sudden, you know, if you made, if you had a company making men's suits and all of a sudden you got a text or an email that said, hey, our raw cotton costs have been cut by 60%, your business would boom. And that's what's going on with petrochemicals. Absolutely. Epic Crude Oil Pipeline announces third open season. What does that mean, Mark? <laughs> it sounds like you get able to shoot deer all year long, doesn't it? Open season. <laughs> <laughs> so open season in a pipeline world is when a FERC creates open season so that any interested party can either vote to approve an application for a new pipeline or vote against it. And then the pipeline itself can hold an open season to accept new bids from the operator. So that open season can mean two different things depending if it's coming from the government or coming from the pipeline itself. The cool thing about this is that this this pipeline is, is a Y-grade pipeline, so it's running parallel, and it's basically going from Orla, Texas to Corpus Christi. This is part of the infrastructure we talked about early to feed that new terminal that's going to be built out in that island that's right outside of Corpus Christi. So what's happening is companies are seeing the, the business opportunities, like, okay, this port's being built. How do we get crude cheaply? to the port so they can export it. And that's what this is. So somebody saw this as a business opportunity. They're investing money into it. Once again, they go build build a, a load tankers that carry up to 750 million barrels. <laughs> How much oil that is? And this is just kind of a piggyback way for this is for Epic to make money on this. So, you know, as companies see constraints. And you saw that a couple of years ago between Cushing, Oklahoma and the Gulf Coast. They come in and they and they build pipeline capacity, they build infrastructure. And that just, you know, that creates jobs, that lowers the cost. It actually helps get rid of that price differential. So right now the light sweet crudes that's coming out of the Permian gets discounted because we can't get it to market quick enough. And that discount hurts the operator. So they they actually, you know, if they could get it to market quicker, they would get and I'm gonna make these numbers up because I haven't looked at it, they'd get $55. But because they can't get market, they sell at a discount at 40. Well as soon as we get enough pipeline capacity built, those differentials go away. And so this is just going to help when it gets up, it can help the operators. And unfortunately, I talk, keep talking about Midland or the Permian, the Gulf Coast. There's a lot of pipeline capacity needed there. And it's going to be a couple of years before we get there. But we think starting the end of next year in 2020, you start seeing that price differential start to shrink as these pipelines come online. Absolutely. Wow. We blazed through that. That was actually one of the faster episodes we've done so far. Well, let me slow down about the giveaway. Yeah, slow down on the giveaway. Let's let's talk about that. Yep. I've had a couple of people reach out to me. These shirts are really awesome. We have them cut for men and women. We've spent money on these. This is our sponsor, IBM. Big shout out to them. Jake, you want to hear something cool? Yeah. Yeah. IBM is having a invitation-only conference coming up pretty soon. I'm actually speaking there and doing a live podcast, and I get to interview ExxonMobil from the Astros 
press box. What? How cool is that? And and people, if you want to go, sorry, you can't. We we had we sent some invitations, select invitations out there, but just the fact that the Astros are booming right now and hopefully win the World Series, and I get to interview Exxon Mobil in the Astros press box, it's like a dream come true. If you want to play a part in this and not see me interview Exxon Mobil, but actually be a part with IBM, our sponsor, go register for the shirt. We give away one a week. If people, if you don't win one, you can enter every week. You don't just have to enter once, but there's unique serial numbers on these shirts. And there's unique serial numbers, Jake and I are going to use actually really soon to start giving away some really cool stuff, such as maybe a ticket to watch me interview Exxon Mobile in the Astros press box. So go register. We, like I said, we give away one a week. And then weekly rig count. What's the rig count, Jake? I bet it really is low now. Ooh. I don't know. What's your, what's your bet? It's loading. My internet's going kind of slow. 830. 830. Let's see. Not quite that low. We're at 851, but we're still down 1% from last week. Yeah, that unfortunate rig count will keep going down. Now, people, just remember, rig count doesn't have much to do with production. Our production is, is at its highest ever, and that's going to continue to go up, we think. And speaking of continuing to go up in events, if you'd like to know about all the oil and gas events in one place at one time. We do this newsletter thingy. Go to the show notes, click on the link, sign up for it. We never spam you. We take all the oil and gas events that are going on and our live events, uh, which we have one tomorrow, which is going to be really cool. We put it in your inbox once a month for free. Absolutely zero because we love you. And speaking of loving, BCD Travel is our travel partner of choice. They make our oil and gas traveling life easier. And Jake, you know what they're doing, which I think is cool? What's that? They're giving our listeners free coffee. Right. So what? there's a link in the show. Yeah, that's awesome. So there's a link in the show notes. Go sign up there and they you're not winning something. They will just give you Starbucks gift cards, right? Because they love our audience. So they're they're great people. And then if you want Jake and I to come speak or add some fun to your sales and marketing kickoff, because I know everybody out there is planning that for the beginning of 2020, let us know. We can bring a podcast, a live podcast to your event. Jake and I can do a keynote. Jake and I can talk about all and gas sales all day long. You know, so so reach out to we love to do that sort of stuff. We'll be happy to share the details. And then this show is our regular news show, but once a month we do our first Friday Q&A, which is never on the first Friday, which I think the next show that comes out would be the first Friday Q&A. But if you have a question you'd like Jake and I to answer, just go to the website, click on the link, submit your question. If we use it on the air, you get a big shout out. And while you're online, go to the website and sign up. Actually, Jake, the people that signed up for, it gave us our email for oil and gas this week, got an invite to watch me interview ExxonMobil at the Astros press box. It's too late now. But so if you were on that list, you got an invite to do that. And if you weren't on that list, you missed out. So don't miss out next time. Go to the website, give us your email address. Who we did reason a quick, Jake, what are we at? We're at a uh, 23. It's now you made 30 minutes. So next time we'll do a little bit longer. <laughs> Ready to get out of here? <laughs> Let's do it. All right, folks. Remember, do great work, pay it forward, and we will see you next time. And here are the events on deck. Hey, guys. We have a couple of OGGN events on deck for the next month. OGGN's next Houston Happy Hour will be on October 29th at the Cannon for 4 to 6. As always, a portion of the proceeds will go toward Redeem Ministries to fight human sex trafficking. At this happy hour, we'll be discussing the process of taking a startup from simply an idea to obtaining the first purchase orders. The panel discussion will include Saudi Aramco Ventures, Shell Ventures, NOV, SCF Ventures, Eternal Energy, and Well Diver. Our next Denver happy hour will be on November 6th. Come join us for food, drinks, and a live podcast that we will announce at a later date. A portion of this event's proceeds will go to local charities Safe House Denver and Oil Field Helping Hands. Okay, now to the events on deck. The Tamora Leste Oil and Gas Summit 2019 will be on October 3rd through 4th in Dilly, Tamora Leste. The SMRP third quarter West Houston chapter meeting is on October 3rd at 1130 in Houston. 
This event will cover the topic, Are Your PMs Preventing or Causing Failures? IPAA and TIPRO are hosting their Leaders in Industry Luncheon on October 9th in Houston. On October 14th, the Canon will be having a Disruptive Energy Workshop. The API Golf Tournament will be held on October 14th, 2019 at Kingwood Country Club. And as of right now, there are some spots still open, so be sure to check their website and register your team. The 2019 Operations and Process Technology Summit will be on October 14th through 16th in San Antonio. The summit will cover maximizing your molecular advantage, practical solutions for today, forethought for tomorrow. On October 24th, OGGN's very own Mark LaCour will be speaking at Tech to Market in Shreveport, Louisiana. The Balkans Petroleum Conference will be held on October 24th through 25th in Budva, Montenegro. The summit is the official event for the Balkans oil and gas industries. Lastly, the George H. Bush Conference this year will be on October 28th through 29th in Houston. Honoring President George H.W. Bush, the Bush-China Conference brings together Americans and Chinese to discuss critical bilateral, regional, and global issues and to generate innovative recommendations for advancing the relationship. Tune in next week for another informative and entertaining episode of Oil & Gas This Week podcast, a product of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasthisweek.com.